The following is a live presentation of the Commercial Appeal. Game two is here on the uh, on the horizon. Um, you know, we had a, had a great off week. Uh, really pleased with the mentality of our players and, and their preparation. Uh, you know, for this for this next step, and uh, this week we have a Power Five opponent coming uh, coming into town. Uh, you know, Kansas is a much improved uh, football team from uh, from where they they've been. They're going in their second year with their new coaching staff. Uh, uh, we know that we're that uh, they're going to come into our place with a, a great intensity and focus on on uh, on improving. And we know we got a tremendous challenge at hand. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Tom Shad, Jeff Calkins, and Phil Stukenborg. All right, what's up, y'all? The bye week now behind us. Um, we got a bit of a motley crew here today. Uh, Jeff is taking his eldest uh, to college, starting college. Phil is, I believe, in Washington, D.C. So welcoming uh, Mark Weber, uh, staff photographer. Been covering the, uh, the Memphis football and basketball teams here for a while. Been a, a staple on the basketball podcast, uh, <laughs> making his football debut. Welcome, Mark. Ah, thanks for having me. How's it feel? Welcome to the football side of things. Ah, ah, it's it's a little different, uh, but I'm interested to see what people have to say about football, especially you and our guest speaker. Well, it's going to be interesting. You mentioned the guest speaker. We're going to try to this year. You know, last year it was a lot of you know me, Phil, and Jeff kind of kicking stuff around. This year we're trying to. We got a little bit more technology, so we can have some people call in, and we're going to try to branch out a little bit more. So hopefully, as the season goes on, you know, you'll get to hear from opposing beat writers. Um, different voices here in the media will just get a, a different kind of mixture of opinions. We're going to start that today with um, Fox 13's Peter Fleischer. Um, Peter obviously been around quite a bit uh, at practice. I'm at the, the media luncheon, uh, Mike Norvell's media luncheon there yesterday. Um, so we're going to welcome him to the show and get his thoughts kind of on the opener, on the bye week, and uh, on kind of the season as it's, as it's progressing here. So, uh, Peter, welcome uh, welcome to the Tiger Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Tom, thanks for having me. Look, no one uh, in the city of Memphis knows more about this program than you, so I'm just going to try to keep up. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but uh, hey, I appreciate I know it's your day off. I really appreciate you hopping on. Um, first things first, I just want to get your thoughts. You know, we talked a little bit last week on this podcast just about the opener. Um, some initial impressions, you know, the first kind of glimpse of the Mike Norvell era. What were the things that kind of stood out to you, I guess, about that that first game and just kind of the atmosphere there? Well, I, uh, I was impressed with the pace. We heard all about that, you know, dating back to spring practice and then heading into the first game, all the players and coaches talked about how they'd be one of the fastest teams in college football and their opponents wouldn't be able to handle their pace. And some mixed results there. Uh, you know, I, I think that this Tiger team will put up points. Will it be a revolutionary, uh, super-powered attack? I don't know about all that. But um, that was interesting to see kind of the early returns from that and then kind of see how Riley played and navigated his first Division One experience. I think he would admit, and I guess he has admitted, that he's still got some adjustments to make taking care of the ball. But I was so interested to see what that offense looked like with Norvell and Riley and the kind of new personnel that they have. And so that was exciting. I think you, you're happy with 35 points, especially 29 in the first half, and uh, anxious to see what they look like against Kansas this week. Yeah, so I wanted to ask, you know, we talked about the offense a little bit, uh, the run game, I guess, like we we kind of picked some nits last week. Obviously, statistically, they didn't do nearly anything close to what they want to do on the ground. Um, something like 111 yards or something. Patrick Taylor had like 80 some of, of those yards. Um, are you concerned, I guess, about what you saw from from the run game from the offensive line, or do you just kind of write it off as 
hey, first game, you know, let's let's see what they do the rest of the way. Um, I don't know if I would say I'm concerned, but I certainly will be paying closer attention moving forward. I, I thought that the run game would be a strength of this team, even with losing, uh, you know, Jarvis Cooper and then um, who is uh, the second transfer? Help me out. Jamarius. Jamarius Henderson. Yeah, thank you. Jamarius Henderson, of course. Um, even with losing those two guys, quality contributors last year, you, know, you bring back Dorland and then everyone's excited about Daryl Henderson. Uh, bring back a lot of talent on the offensive line with three guys that started, four or five that, that saw significant snaps. So I thought that they'd really be moving the chains with, with ease against an opponent like SEMO. And then you look at the stats, and I did a little segment last night on our show, uh, 3.3 yards a carry, and then you take away Patrick Taylor's kind of garbage time, 51-yarder. They averaged less than 1.9 yards a carry against Southeast Missouri State. So I don't think I'm concerned. You know, I think they have some pieces that I like, uh, kind of like I just mentioned, and I think that they'll, they'll be able to, to get it done. But, um, you know, definitely not the debut that you were hoping for. And yesterday Mike kind of uh, dismissed it that, you know, SEMO was loading up the box or that, that they took what the defense gave them. But I want to see them uh, play better moving forward. Well, it was interesting. One of the things that he said, too, is he said, he doesn't put a whole lot of stock in kind of statistically like yeah. like what you're doing in terms of in terms of yardage numbers. Like I think that's something that we, you know, look at a lot is oh they only, you know, average three point three yards per carry, they only got so many yards. He said that he doesn't really look at all that stuff, which which I thought was uh was kind of interesting. Defensively, um I thought that there was a lot of improvement, you know, and, and we've seen kind of a confidence in that unit this year that, that was maybe lacking a little bit at times last year um what were your initial impressions of the defense overall i guess especially in, in the first half looked like they did some good things out there yeah i totally agree um it's funny just talking to the guys i think sometimes you can tell when you're talking to a player about you know how genuine they feel or how honest they're being with you about a particular topic but when you ask players on that defense about their confidence level this fall as opposed to last fall uh, guys like arthur Millette. Uh, for example, you know, their eyes just light up and they can't stop talking about how different they feel from this fall as opposed to last fall, how much more confidence and experience really the unit as a whole has from the front to the linebacking group to the secondary. So I was impressed uh, with how they played. And again, of course, small sample size. You want to see them play well this week against Kansas and and moving forward. But um, I really am impressed kind of not only just by how differently I feel they've prepared and looked, but They've really got talent, impressive talent at every level of that defense. On the defensive line, and that's a unit that will get even stronger when they get Latarius Brady back. Uh, the linebacking core with Bernard Avery and Sharif White. And then the secondary, I think again with Millette, and then you got uh, Jonathan Cook in the back end there. I think that really they've got pieces to be a pretty quality unit. It, it seemed you mentioned kind of preparing for Kansas and looking ahead a little bit. It seemed just like a weird vibe at the luncheon yesterday. And like I talked to Ernest Suttles for a little bit, and he was like, "Yeah, man, it's just like weird having this week two buy. There are only seven teams in the FBS yeah. that have a week two buy, and then there are only a handful that have a, like a worse draw. Like Marshall had a week one buy, and then there are a couple teams who have like a bye week the the last week of the season. But there are like very few teams in FBS that are going to have to play eleven in a row." Um, 11 weeks in a row, I guess, like like Memphis will. Um, how do you think players, and, and just kind of from what Coach Norvell said yesterday, how do you think they're handling that? Um, and, and what kind of challenges do you think that will present, I guess, as, as the season moves along here? I'm going to give 
the players and uh, and Mike credit. They tried to kind of put a positive spin on it, like, well, you know, uh, I remember Mike saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take the best from this, and as a first year staff, we can continue to kind of uh, implement change and and add some adjustments and add some content in on both ends that maybe we wouldn't have been able to if we didn't have a buy." And the players said, "Oh, you know, we had fun watching the NFL and." and uh, studying film, but I think, for the most part, I think they couldn't stand it. I think just having that first tease, getting out there at the Liberty Bowl against Timo and then taking the week off, I think drove the players crazy. And then Mike admitted it, too, up on the podium. He said, you know, I can't wait to get back out on the field. I want to implement the changes that I've that I've seen and try to get better. And so, uh, look, we all, we joke, like, Mike is as enthusiastic and as hardworking as they come. He's not the kind of guy that's going to want to sit back and be patient, I don't think. So I think that it kind of drove them crazy. You hope that maybe there's some kind of advantages that the staff can have. Um, you know, in working with a group of players, it's relatively new to them. But I think it's kind of a raw deal. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully this team can stay healthy through the fall. But in the sport of football, that's really, really rare. And so, you know, you hope that week 9, 10, this team isn't just, you know, crushed with a rash of injuries, and you look around and say, hey, we really could use a buy right now. So it is what it is. Uh, I think they tried to make the best of it, but probably not ideal. Yeah, and the one thing with regards to health, I'll say it just came in from practice um, today. This is small breaking news, I guess, on the entire football podcast. Sam Kraft was back out there today, which was promising. It didn't look like he was full go, taking all the reps that he normally would, but he was out there in, in pads and, and getting some good reps. Um, and then Zach Collins, who who – uh, Mike Norvell said was kind of entered entered fall as the starting left guard on the depth chart was back yeah. out there as well. So hopefully getting a little bit healthy, you know, maybe that's a, a positive too of, of the early buy that you get a guy like Sam Kraft an extra week of rest there. So, Hey Peter, I really appreciate it. Um, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, what do you expect atmosphere wise for this game? Like they, they're doing the big Memphis state promotion. They're playing like Kansas is not a very good team, admittedly like they've no, 16 no, or 17, not. but it's a big 12 team. And especially like with the big 12 news, however many weeks ago, Memphis getting snubbed from that. What are you expecting like in terms of an atmosphere for this game? Well, here, I, I, I think the Memphis State thing is going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm excited to see what those uniforms look like. Um, and I agree that, look, they should destroy Kansas, and then everyone can hang their hat on uh, beating a Big 12 team. It's the worst Big 12 team far and away, but that'll be fun to hang their hats on. Um, but 11 a.m. kick. Uh, weather maybe not supposed to be awesome, so I'm hoping that everyone comes out and if we're soggy, we're soggy, uh, and that the Liberty Bowl is, is packed to the brim. Maybe the bye week helps with that, um, but I'm, I'm not sure. Those 11 a.m. kicks, I think, are just so hard to predict, but hopefully we get a ton of Tiger fans out there that uh, that really want to make a statement. Um, I'll buy against, maybe not the best Big 12 team, but a Big 12 team nonetheless. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, Peter, we'll let you get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your day off. Really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, everybody can follow uh, Peter at, on Twitter at Peter underscore Fleischer. Watch him on Fox 13. Thanks for having us, Peter. Yeah, thanks, Tom. All right. Well, that was a good first guest here of the pod. That's something weird. Like, we haven't done that a whole lot ever. I mean, like, I think we had we had Mike Norvell on in the spring, but it's just good to get, like, some different some different voices here, which is one of the reasons. Turn it back to Mark. Excited to have him here. What were your so like you're on the field right. so you have a much different vantage point than like we have in the press box just in terms of overall like atmosphere. What did you think like of the opener 
having been on field level, having seen the team a little bit closer than we did. I, I, I thought that the the atmosphere was really good. I think you could really feel the fans' energy down on the field. Um, I mean, opening up that opening drive with that, you know, just moving it right down the field and, and getting a touchdown right off the bat was really helped the environment. It slowed down a little bit after that. Um, I do think that the running game might have issues running going forward. The thing that I thought was really positive was that Although the running game wasn't working the way they wanted to, the running backs were still involved in the game. I mean, they counted for, what, three touchdowns, four mm-hmm. touchdowns? Um, that, that's a positive going forward. They're not being abandoned by right. any stretch. So, they're, you know, uh, I do wish as the season goes on that we can have more of a deep threat. Uh, uh, that, I thought, was missing in this game was a, a, a real deep threat. I don't even – I haven't looked at the stats or anything like that, but I, did they have a pass? Uh, more than 30, 40 yards down the field? No, they, they might have had some in the 20s. Right. Like like in the 20s, but nothing nothing beyond that. I mean, that. you know, we're used to Paxton Lynch who can gun it down the field, and that really opens it up with Miller catching, you know, I don't know how many touchdowns he caught over 50 or 40 last year. I think that's going to be necessary going forward is if they can open up the field that way. Um, definitely get people out of the box. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was positive that the running backs were still involved in the game, even though they weren't doing so hot. You know, I mean, come on, let's the guy at the end of the game, Taylor getting all those yards. That was against a defense that was kind of tired at that point. Right. Know? Yeah. And the game was like in hand. Yeah. You know, you, you put him in there and he, yeah, I think he finished with 80, 85, 86, right. 87 yards of your however many you finished with as a team, right. like 100, no, 111. Right. So, and, and, you know, going forward, they, they cannot have an injury at quarterback. They just can't. I mean, that's, that's where this bye week is really awful is that, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they cannot have an injury at quarterback. They just can't. I don't think they're prepared for the backup to enter the game. I mean, I know the guy's got talent, but I don't think he's there yet. So just seeing him in preseason, um, they, they, they're they going to have to really, you know. Because, you know, if you watch the Kansas game against Ohio, the, the quarterback was almost their leading rusher. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that that's necessarily what you're going to want to have going into this game, a lot of rushing, you know, r- attempts by your quarterback. So you're hoping that your run game can get going, which – it really should, I think, against this team. Um, think. I, I saw the highlights. They, they had some uh, tractor-trailer size holes there. So um, I think the running game will get back on par this week. And uh, and, and I, the defense, of course, you know, Kansas could barely move the ball, I mean, against Ohio. So I think the offense, the defensive line should look pretty good. Um, and, of course, the, the strength of Kansas is the strength of Memphis's defense, the secondary. So – I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, I do think Memphis will win this game handily. It's, it's interesting. I want to backtrack just a little bit. You talked about Riley and the importance of staying healthy. Like it is interesting because you know what Fuente did with Paxton Lynch. Like it's, he ran a lot more two years ago, whatever it was, fourteen. Mm-hmm. And last year they made a concerted effort not to run him. Like everybody knows that Paxton is mobile and he can run. But in terms of carry, like I don't, I don't know if he had a true designed run last year he might he might have scrambled he might have had a handful that I'm forgetting about but they really scaled back on that and and what Norvell wants to do is have the threat of the run there so I mean do you interesting do you really have that going forward with your you know basically a one quarterback right now I mean I think he's gonna have to augment that yeah mentality a little bit it's gonna be interesting or at the at the very least you know Riley's gonna have to be very smart in terms of Okay, when, you run, you get your three yards, and then you get down right. and protect yourself. Or, or a hand the ball off or pitch it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, the one thing I wanted to ask you, because Mark, so Mark and I, and Je- Jeff was on the road all year last year mm-hmm. as well, but I got a question in the mailbag last week about 
road trips mm-hmm. and we have we're like kind of the, the carpooling i was trying to think of like my favorite it was what's your favorite road trip or your favorite destination from last season from last season what was your what oh. was your favorite or what was the best road atmosphere i said like i said houston but i yeah, didn't oh, know, yeah. but th- but that was more like the atmosphere of the game R- right no versus no. like the trip right because i could go into all the the heartaches of trying to get down to the field through all those fans and stuff like that which people don't want to hear so i won't go into that um no it was an interesting environment i thought the tailgating was really interesting outside of that stadium uh last year um nothing really sticks out last year as far as like i i, I will say that the most interesting place i've gone to is ecu because okay. that is another level of uh, tailgating fans in the stadium. I mean, they they I think they get close to fifty a game, don't they? Is that what they average? Um, and it's really, really, really loud. It's a really loud stadium, and the fans are all over the place tailgating. It was one of the better football environments that the American has, I think. That's so. that's interesting. And they had a big, obviously, a big win um, over the weekend over NC State. Mm-hmm. So they're coming along a little bit here. Um, which, which game are you most excited this year from a road trip standpoint? From a road trip? Um, well, New Orleans is always great. <laughs> and it's on a Friday night. Thank you, Athletic American Conference. Um, yeah, I'm excited about going to uh, – Tulane's nice. I think uh, I'm really excited because I've never been there as the Naval Academy. I think yeah. that's going to be great. I think that's going to be a new environment for everybody, players, coaches, I think that's going to be a really nice uh, thing for them to be a part of, to see that, you know, that environment, patriotic environment there. Um, I hear it's really beautiful. I've never been there. It's a nice time of year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not raining. Um, and, and then always going to Ole Miss, going to, a, you know, those type of environmental games are always good. You know, the fans are definitely out. The Grove is happening. So that's that'll be good, too. The The Navy game, I've been kind of like – pushing as the one if if you're listening to the tiger football podcast you're gonna make one road trip this year i think navy is just a really unique when i was in dc i, I covered them for parts of a couple seasons and was out there i mean you got all the all the cadets in there and their uh dress whites um they all march in onto the field before the game it's just a really cool atmosphere in the town of annapolis obviously you're close to dc so you can do all the dc stuff but it's its own little thing there's a lot of history there it's it's really a cool spot so um, we're going to wrap up here in a little bit. I did want to ask while we while we have you in, and this is kind of like a nerdy thing, and mm-hmm. I, I hope fans find this as interesting as I do. <laughs> but I, so we travel together, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like the ins and outs of like what do you look for when you're trying to make a a photo? Like because you know a lot of people think that you're just down there and you're just like taking pictures of like there's Riley Ferguson throwing a touchdown pat, you know, like you just take, you know, whatever, like what goes into making a, I guess the centerpiece photo that fans see in the paper the next day, like how do you kind of decide where you're going to be on the field? What do you look for? What do you do with your camera? All that, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think the ultimate goal for me is to have peak action photos that are storytelling. So um, if it's like, you know, Riley's going to have a 500-yard passing game. You know, I need to get a really dynamic photo of him making a passing play. Um, you know, you're always looking for the nice faces, which sometimes you can, you know, depending on the weather, depending on the, you know, how sunny it is, if their faces are, you know, shattered. And you want nice faces. Um, you just really, really want to have storytelling photos that are peak action. 
catching the ball, you know, right before it hits the fingertips, you know. Hopefully, I, I took one last year. I think uh, it was a, a kickoff return where um, didn't they, they had a there was a first game of the season one where they had a touchdown off a, they had a punt return. Punt return. Punt return. Yeah. Um, so you have the punt return and the and the last guy on the field, which was the punter, is reaching back up with his face, looking at the you know the guy running past him for the touchdown. You know, you're looking for that type of stuff. You know, faces peak action. Um, so we're not where I'm at on the field is I usually try and stay where I think the action is going to happen. So like, forgive me for saying this, but back you know years ago, you know Memphis had a lot of sacks, so you could see how it was going to start rolling if the defense, if the offense wasn't doing so hot, and the you know you felt like they were getting to the quarterback a little bit. Well, you had to position yourself to to get those sacks, so you would get behind the offense and look for you know or right on that level of the offense even with them, and you'd get like a sack picture or um i remember uh at arkansas state a couple of years ago i knew that uh memphis was uh practicing um blocking punts um so i positioned myself to where uh i would get a block punt picture and it just so happens they blocked the punt that game so that worked out really well um it's kind of knowing where their strong side, the weak side of the defense is, and or, for, or the offensive line. So you, want, if they run a left a lot, they run right a lot. You know, you want to be on that side of the field. And you know, ultimately with sports photography, it's kind of you can put yourself in the right situation, but you need everything to come your way. You know, you need the ball to bounce your way to be, a, you know, lack of a better way to put it. So like, I could be right there, and if the referee runs in front of me and blocks it, well. That's happened quite a few times, so it's just that's just the way it is, and uh, I've just been fortunate enough to be in the right space more times than not. So that's the way it rolls. What was your favorite? And I should tweet this out so everybody can. But you did like kind of a best of last year, all of your favorite photos from the mm-hmm. season. What was your your favorite? Like the the best picture that you did? You have a favorite? Do you have favorites? Uh, I don't necessarily have favorite photos. I think there's a photos that tell the story better than others. Um, I will say that. It's more about memories for me. And so, like, I will say the fans rushing the field against Ole Miss was memorable. Mm-hmm. I can, can't can remember five years ago covering football games. I just can't. I don't remember things that happened. They just weren't memorable. But that was a memorable game. Uh, the missed field goal at Houston was a memorable moment. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's just, it's about memories and moments that I remember. Um, I can remember shooting pictures of D'Angelo Williams back in the day. Um, there are moments that I remember from that. I don't remember the season really, but I remember the moments. And so last year, that was a memorable time. Like the fans rushing the field, trying to find Paxton because you knew you had to have a picture of him. Just so happened that he – Thank God he's like six seven or <laughs> six ten, whatever he is, and I could find him through the crowd because I'm not a tall fella. So like I, I you know, I, I run to him and I'm barreling through people pushing him over. Sorry if I pushed you down. And so like you just get there and you, you just start firing away, and it just so happened that you know I got a nice face and people around him, so it worked out really well. But that's that was memorable. Um, the only other time I had been in a uh, rushing the court incident. Um, was Memphis years ago when I first got here. It was like a long time ago. And this is back when they were playing Cincinnati or Louisville or somebody. And I got taken out by the crowd. So I've learned you got to get in a bull stance and stand your ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, if you're a Memphis fan, you get to see a few more of those. 
um, this year. Obviously, I don't know if you'll, you're rushing the field at the Grove. That might be a little bit a little bit dangerous if you win that game. So maybe not. But uh, well, let's hope nobody's rushing the field at the Grove, or Memphis fans are. Or yeah, yeah. If you're a Memphis fan, I mean, yeah. <laughs> even even then, like rushing the Grove is, is a pretty tricky proposition. But uh, Mark, really appreciate you uh, stopping by today. Thanks hopefully, we'll have you uh, have you on a little bit more, sure. and, and hopefully, you guys will get to see some more cool pictures. You know, Mark and I did the kind of behind the scenes in Lambeth, and we've got a, a couple more kind of things like that planned over the course of the season. So uh, look forward to those. Um, and you can follow him on Twitter at Weber News Photo. All right. And that's it for us to, uh, this week. Uh, i got Kansas coming up on Saturday. Full crew will be back next week. Uh, thanks again for tuning into the Tiger Football Podcast. Thank you. This is the Commercial Appeal.